0: This episode of The Only Podcast About Movies was recorded a little bit differently. We had a wonderful guest from, of course, outside our quarantine studio, not to mention Shahira's back recording in his closet, so we ran into a few audio hiccups along the way. So if you hear any bleeps or bloops or drops or things that don't sound quite as melodious as you're used to here on The Only Podcast About Movies, please accept our humble apologies and enjoy the show.
1: Internet, let the water run, honey. My name is Matthew Kroll, and hear this: there is no devil or evil here. My name is Shahir Dowd,
0: and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the completely non-controversial film that no one's really talking about at all in any type of context, correct or incorrect. Cuties, cuties. I think this is going to be an easy podcast. Shahir, we're not we're not going to trend to any uh, you know difficult subject matter or uh conspiracy theory or um you know moral
1: quandaries i think we got this one this is going to be easier than i think that bill and ted was given that we are uh basically two internet versions of bill and ted i thought it was important that we had a guest on the episode <laughs> yes. who knew a thing or two about movies and particularly had written about this film uh we are very pleased to have on the show today Azure romano how are you asia I'm good. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure and delight to have you. I just wanted to fill you in. Asia is a cultural reporter for Vox and has written an article about Cuties recently where I believe it was you and uh, Alyssa Wilkinson uh, discussed the controversy around this movie recently.
2: Alyssa Wilkinson, yeah.
1: And you can check that out on uh, Vox now. But uh, I wonder, since you'd released that article, to give everyone who's been who's listening in a little bit of context obviously this this movie is a little bit of a hot topic it was trending on twitter oh yes <laughs> as a cancel netflix like how has your has that actually affected you in any way have people been coming at you on the internet so to speak
2: um I have been deluged for days. I actually made a tweet about it before our article came out, uh, the day before our article came out. And as soon as I made the tweet, I was deluged, just completely flooded with with people calling me a pedophile. And really? uh, Yes. Yeah, so I've had, basically, so it's been like a week of, like almost a week of harassment, like five days straight. <laughs> um, it's mostly oh. died off now, but that's because I muted the actual tweet. And so I haven't really, I've been going back to mute people and, and block people and report the death threats and so forth. <laughs>
1: But, oh my um, God.
2: but, but I mean, that's also just like, I'm so normalized to that by now because I've, I'm an internet culture reporter. So I get that every time I report about anything slightly controversial. The difference is that this time everyone, this time, instead of everyone, um, you know, coming from say, uh, uh the fandom of a certain YouTuber and trying to dox me or whatever. Um, they're all coming from, uh, from very much, uh, I think different walks of the internet. Um, mm. And mostly, predominantly, um, the Trump fandom, I would say. Um, right, right. And, uh, and QAnon and, and areas like that, which we'll get into. But um, uh, the main difference is that most of them are just calling me a, a pedophile and accusing me of liking child pornography. Um, <laughs> and I've had some interesting conversations with people that I know, even, who are who have sort of gotten on the train and are asking me why I think it's okay to support the film so I think that that indicates that that the concern for the film has really really gravitated into the mainstream if that makes sense yeah you know Mm -hmm. because it's not just people like that it's it's not people on. it's not the quote-unquote extremists it's also people who are pretty centrist or pretty in the like the mainstream normal twitter user I would say (laughs) um, (laughs) who is concerned about it and and I don't think I've talked to anyone who's had those concerns who's told me they've seen the film, so right. I think that's yeah. telling. But I think also a lot of people have have seen clips out of context and decided that that's it, and they don't want to support it by watching it. So um, that's kind of where we're at.
0: And and you must, I mean, the the way that, um, I mean, you you're probably uh, you've seen this more than most. I mean, the idea, like the the reaction that. Everyone seems to be having about this film on the internet based on how at least American audiences in, in general were at least um, exposed to the idea of it being Netflix's sort of botched um, the treatment of it before it was released to now. And just the way that sort of internet culture has kind of moved to this point. Everyone is looking for the next sort of um, rage target. I don't, I don't know if I don't know what the, if there's a better terminology for that but like do have you have you sort of noticed that it's just like like a wave from one a piece of outrage to another like
2: yeah I, I think as you as you gravitate towards the ideological poles say of the the far right and the far left um you find people who are constantly talking about the quote unquote worst case scenarios and that mm. tends to drive emotional um that tends to drive the emotion of the mainstream, you know, because they hear about these these worst case scenarios, you know, and that gravitate, that pulls them in their emotional engagement with this particular topic, that pulls them further left or further right, as the case might be, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. You, you can look no further than the YouTube algorithm uh, and those experiments that people have done, yeah.
2: Absolutely, oh, because the thing about an algorithm is that it, um, it manipulates your emotions, right? And so to do that, it needs to, to feed you more and more extreme content. Um, so that you'll click yeah. on
0: it, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> which is, is not a really good state of, uh, of things generally.
0: <laughs> and even once the algorithm starts going further and further, right? Like it goes beyond just what you're clicking. It's going to, if you've watched three Uh, uh, slightly right-leaning sort of, uh, let's say like gaming YouTubers or something, right? And then all it's going to do for the next video is going to show you another one, another one, another one. And if you don't actually stop the next up, you can get down some pretty terrifying places.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think how that's relevant to Cuties is that you have people who may have started this conversation uh, who were in the – I would call the extreme right um, in, in terms of like the circles that this outrage originated from being the extreme um, – the extremities of the internet rather than se- the, the center.
1: Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that
2: outrage has percolated outward and caught a lot of people – caught caught a lot of people up in its um, furor, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fascinating to watch cuties uh, actually take hold of the internet because, relatively speaking, this film uh, it won a it won a directing award at Sundance, I believe, uh, a world directing prize at Sundance a few uh, last year. So, relatively speaking, this is not the kind of film, uh, and it is an international French film, obviously. Uh, the kind of film that mainstream audiences would naturally A... Watch or gravitate towards, or have much of a say on. Um, but uh, the, of course, the you know, as you mentioned, the outrage machine is uh, particularly ripe right now. Maybe maybe um, enhanced by the fact that we're all at home uh, um, uh, quarantining away. But but this is not necessarily the kind of film that would we would ordinarily think would generate outrage. Is that, you know, would you sort of agree with that?
2: Right. It's an art house film. It's not the yeah. kind of film that most of these people would ever have watched, even, like, to begin with. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't... Um, uh, I can't... Um, you know, when you think of, like, the, the Trump voting MAGA hat people, like...
1: <laughs> you we don't... can't imagine Ted Cruz watching this movie yeah, you can't without imagine... prompting, right?
2: Right, right, right. Or even, like, the, the many YouTubers who've spoken out on it. Like, you can't imagine... Like you're an average YouTuber sitting down to watch a Senegalese Muslim, uh, a film by a Senegalese Muslim black director. Like it just doesn't happen. Right? <laughs> um, but and, I think that speaks to, as you said, the pandemic and also the fact that this film was bought by Nec- by Netflix and distributed by Netflix. And once you attach attached Netflix to it, um, I think to many people it became about something different or
1: right.
2: several different things
1: because of Netflix's right, yeah. role in U.S. culture. So, to stand aside from this movie for just one second, because we don't want to... I, I would like to get to know your cinematic tastes, uh, if you will, uh, outside of this movie. And I know you've been, uh, as you said, deluged with opinions from uh, people uh, on the internet about your opinion of this movie. But uh, a few weeks ago, we had a, we did an episode on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, Bill and Ted's Face the Music. And we asked the question, what would... Who would you call to assemble your dream team, Allah, Bill, and Ted, to make the world's greatest movie? And I know that is a, a, a monstrous <laughs> thought in many ways, but we have had listeners write in uh, very eagerly to tell us their uh, to tell us their ideas on it, and I wanted to read one from uh, listener Zeus. Uh, calling in from the gods, by the way, um, nice to tell us his list of uh, five people that he would bring together and then maybe just toss it over to the group to see where we all stand. We did, uh, Matt, you and I did our list kind of loosely. Yeah, mine was full of historical figures, not necessarily
0: film people, but
1: yeah, yeah. It it could be anybody. Uh, But Zeus uh, wrote in, said, it's been a while, but I liked your prompt of picking five people in history to make a great film. I put some thought into it, and although I'm not 100% sure of who you should go back in time to get, these would be my picks as follows. Number one, Steven Spielberg, circa 2001 to direct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fair. Sure. Easy choice. Yep. Yep. Why not? Um, Starring, to share Okay, sure. I like that. Music by Louis Armstrong. Mm Mm-hmm. And written by Octavia Butler and Douglas Adams, well, which is a combo. That's a that is a combo.
2: Yeah, I, I would I would buy that. I would I would go to that film.
1: <laughs> I would yeah. definitely go to that film. Uh, thank you, Zeus, for writing us in. Um, good Remember, list. you can always write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. We've got a few other emails, but we'll get to those uh, next week or another time. Asia,
0: what about you? Uh, would, do you have do you have a do you have a grouping that you could think of off the top of your head?
2: Oh my gosh! So I. Uh, my first thought would be an adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, because that's all I want ever. <laughs> it's okay. Just a, a queer adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. Um, okay.
1: With or without zombies, just so we're clear about this. That's no, no right zombies. This, I know, but. No,
2: no. A queer, a queer adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. Um, okay. Ideally, if, uh, if Emma were, like, transgender, that would be amazing, except I can't think of any trans actors off the top of my head, and this is making me mad. But, like, um, <laughs> something directed by Louis Benwell...
1: Um, okay, great. Or maybe
2: yep. like a Louis Benwell Wong Kar Wai combo would be like oh. just like maximum weirdness. Um, You're
1: speaking my language, yeah.
2: With Tony Leung as, as Mr. Northam.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with Tony Leung and uh, and uh, did uh, I say Wong Mr. Ka-waii Northam? No,
2: no, I said Mr. Yeah. Northam because Jeremy Northern plays Mr. Knightley in the in the 1995 oh, okay. Emma. But so Tony Leung is as um as Mr. Knightley, the hero, the hero, the hero. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't figure out who I want to play Emma, but like an, an alternate reality universe where Catherine Hepburn is a trans man.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> like or, or Maggie like Chang if you want to keep that combo going.
2: Yeah. Um, and Buster Keaton is Emma's dad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Greta Garwick is the script writer.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. Where would this be set? Just just out of curiosity.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, you could, I could see it being still set in England. Um, right. With... Uh, you could probably also you could I mean since Tony Leung is, is in it and you can um and we 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 have a Chinese director you could also just make it one of those like epic historical sea dramas you know and mm. and go full go full uh 1900s China. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, this is a fantastic list. I think I would see this. Uh, I would definitely see it. Particularly Buster Keaton as the dad. I I think that is a that that's a, a, a stroke of genius right there.
2: Oh yeah, thank you. I um ideally you know you'd want Buster Keaton to direct but <laughs> but i don't think he quite you can't obviously have three different directors on one film so i'm just going to say like <laughs> but you but you can't also not have Buster Keaton be in your your ideal five people you'd choose to put in a movie out across time and space right so he's got to play the dad that's it
0: <laughs> done and done but all right moving moving on to from 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 our fictitious w- films we would we would love to see to, to the one we are going to discuss today, uh, I believe I should at least start, as we always do, with the internet movie database description of Cuties, and we'll see if it's accurate. <laughs> That's always oh, fun. <laughs> okay. IMDB says, Amy, an 11-year-old girl, joins a group of dancers named the Cuties at school and rapidly grows aware of her burgeoning femininity, upsetting her mother and her values in the process seems seems accurate to me. That is fairly accurate. I think um, it's leaving
2: out her motive though.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. It's it's amazing what IMDb and it's different every time cuz I know it's not the same writer uh you know every time, but it's <laughs> it's amazing the different things that it will leave out or or try to spin. It's very this is this at least while it does leave some important details <laughs> aside, it's not like misleading at right. all. So that's that's always
1: good. Right. Right. Um Shahir you you look like you have a you have a thought. I, I do. Oh, I have many thoughts on this movie, and I uh, to be honest with you. Um, so, uh, for me personally, this is a the the subject of sort of um, I guess if we were to categorize it broadly as the outrage theater ar- around certain movies has mm-hmm. been always of interest. When I was. Um, uh, writing for uh, a film magazine in New Zealand, um, there was a particular group uh, called the Society for the Protection of Children and Families, I believe they were called, who managed to find a loophole in the New Zealand um, uh, censorship laws that would allow them to basically hold films uh, that were that were being brought in for the film festival. Uh, it would it would allow them to basically hold those films for uh, public screenings or prevent them from being publicly screened by contesting their rating. At the time, mm. and they did this with another number, number of films, and uh, you know, uh, I think they did uh, Gaspar Noé's Irreversible at one point, uh, Moi, I can't remember the director's name on that, uh, and most notably for me, Y Tu was was a film that they were mm-hmm. f- very upset at. But as we kind of figured out, most of the time they actually hadn't e- ever seen any of these movies. They just contested the idea that these, you know, the, what they had read about these movies, um, and and I was. And and I think I found that that particular model of outrage um, very fascinating because in many ways it, uh, it it's uh, often a, a sort of a, an indicator of one's. Of of the group's particular fascinations and interests, more than anything, it's a reflection of whoever the person is. Now, I don't I don't want to suggest that people aren't genuinely concerned about the exploitation of children on film, and uh, weren't genuinely concerned about uh, the what they believe to be the issue around this film. You know, maybe some people are acting in good faith when they say cancel Netflix. I don't know, um, but. But in my experience, uh, having covered this topic a little bit, I, I found that um, that it's more of a, a an interesting reflection on society at that particular moment than it is on the film itself. Um, so that's why I was interested to do this film, uh, Asia. I'm curious how you came to be, you know, writing about this film or, or your experience of seeing it for the first time.
2: Oh, I didn't see it until after the controversy had had hit because I was mm. thinking, you know, well, it's it's sort of a... J- I mean, I I cover. Um, For Vox, I'm a culture writer. Um, I typically write about the internet um, and geek culture, as well as film and theater um, and TV. So I do a little bit of everything. um, But I I typically am the one who's going to be writing about internet outrage and backlash and so forth, um, where it intersects with culture and especially films and so forth. So I wanted to see it, uh, to see what the fuss was about, basically. um, And then found it to be a perfectly... Uh, well I, I don't I don't want to say perfectly but um I found it to be a perfectly largely unobjectionable film so mm-hmm. <laughs> um I, I will say that i uh, I honestly was generally uncomfortable with with many with a couple of the scenes the 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 prominent scenes that have gotten all the backlash but I'm supposed to be uncomfortable the film absolutely wanted me to be uncomfortable and it telegraphs that in, in many many ways um and of course' as a film critic who's seen a lot of movies um and a lot of movies that are that have been designed to make me much more uncomfortable than that Mm -hmm. um you know i i just sort of took that in stride and then thought it was a fine film so (laughs) um (laughs) so i tweeted about it um while we were still discussing whether we were what we were going to write about it and if we were going to write about it and then was hit with that like i said that deluge of criticism um it's really interesting i think the 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 overall arc of the film is actually um, very conservative. Like I think if mm. the f- it it basically is arguing what the its critics are arguing, um, which right. many people have pointed out. Um, but the critics have decided that because of these uh, these out of context clips that they've seen, most likely, um, they I guess aren't obligated to watch the film to have an opinion on it. Um, which is sort of a, a tricky position, I think, because I it's understandable, especially if you think that watching the film will will somehow be, um, will be lending support to the film, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think there's an interesting thing here too because I I don't think I'll ever. I mean, you never want to. You can't. I mean, you can. I'm sorry. There's a lot of ways to sort of get around this, but like, you never want to like, and I'll use the term force. Uh, in 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 kind of the wrong context, but you never want to force someone to watch a film that they legit like. They they oh well, is there a scene of this? Well, then I am not comfortable. Like you don't want to, you you know what I mean? Like um, so, I get it from that perspective. But there's so many when I when I was sort of diving into not only your article, uh, but the many other articles from from many different uh, aspects of this. I I kept sort of coming back to the idea. That at least for me with this film, there's no, there's no correct answer. That's the wrong thing to put it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I guess I'll just sort of get into my
1: thoughts about it if that makes sense or did we or if you wanted to i could read uh one senator ted cruz's uh letter do we have to (laughs) to the department of justice just i mean not to not to give uh, mr cruz any more credence than he's than he deserves but to kind of maybe frame the conversation about perhaps what the concern is over this film and i think we've kind of laid it out already uh and i won't read the the letter in its entirety but um but uh, the letter to, to the attorney general Barr was uh, when something along the lines that Netflix released cuties to the subscribers in the United States. The film directed by French director it, by a French director, not naming. Um, Uh, the director at all, is ostensibly about an 11-year-old girl in Paris who becomes a member of a provocative dance group with similarly aged girls. The film routinely fetishizes and sexualizes these pre-adolescent girls as they perform dances simulating sexual conduct in revealing clothing, including at least one scene with partial child nudity. Uh, these scenes, in and of themselves, are harmful, and it is likely that the filming of this movie created even more explicit and abusive scenes, and that pedophiles across the world in the future will manipulate and imitate this film in abusive ways, uh, which is uh, a lot uh, to load Point on loaded. the film. And I'm, I, I, I uh, to put my opinion out there, I do not see what what Mr. Cruz was seeing, um, but I'm curious um, if that framing of it. Maybe is a good starting point to think about either just critically what we thought of the film, which I, you know, I'll I'll just say it in in one sentence. I I generally liked the movie, and I think it was, uh, uh, you know, a well considered debut feature film. Um, But but that sort of concern that you know the the way you're trying to start this conversation does that kind of help frame it in some way for you, Matt? Um, no. (laughs)
0: <laughs> only only because, okay, first of all, uh, I, I I don't want to speak for anybody else, but fuck Ted Cruz. But at the same time, uh, look, I, the, so, okay, I, I think I'm going to be able to get better into this just discussing uh, what I thought of the film as a whole and sort of the good and the bad because I do think that there are both in this film. Um, yeah first and foremost if we just want to look at and sometimes we break this up anyway uh, from a technical standpoint I think uh the, the predominant uh, amount of the the technical acumen of this film is very impressive from a from a, especially from a first-time filmmaker uh it's it's well shot uh I have some problems with various cinematography which we'll get to but like overall like it's a it's a uh uh, a, a well-shot, good-looking film. I thought the life, like the sort of tug of war between Amy's life, trying to figure out who she was, felt incredibly genuine. Uh, from both, like um, coming from a place that is uh, a place of sort of familiar religion to wanting to fit in with your peer group, to you know that sort of thing. I, I that 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 resonated and felt correct. Uh, and all the things she goes through, right? Like the theft, the chores, the 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 sort of like the what my favorite uh, usage of I guess analogy or whatever and we can get into it later is the dress in the closet at the various Mm -hmm. points um uh specifically when like the air fills it i was like that was just sort of like a a a magical scene for me um and uh like a a lot of other small things i i really liked too like i thought the brother the little brother which the movie is not Mm -hmm. about but was a much needed it it for me uh (laughs) sort of ray of like i don't know uh just uh Uh, nicety and, like, silliness almost um, Mm -hmm. in in a very difficult film at times. Um, And I even felt like the mother's story... uh, especially near the beginning, I found myself wanting to know more about that because that's a, a part of that culture that I am not familiar with, about the 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 uh, second wife for the husband and like really? having to call people. And like, I was just like, holy shit. Like, and that's <laughs> before the movie gets to the heavy stuff that <laughs> Mr. Cruz and everyone else is, is pissed off about. So,, um, so there's all that. Uh, I found myself wanting sort of more of that as well. I thought some of the turns that the characters took, were a little bit, the adult characters took, mm-hmm. were a little bit harsh. Uh, mainly the aunt and the mother sort of kind of, for various reasons, very quickly swapping positions on things. And it made sense thematically for what was happening in the story, but they reacted and moved and changed their emotional standpoints very quickly like the kids sort of did. And I don't know if that was a choice or or whatever, but that always was like, huh, oh, okay, now, now the aunt's cool. No, the aunt's not cool with it. oh. Uh, uh, Okay, so there was those things that was a little bit despondent for me. And then um, I do have to say, and I'm more than happy to kind of discuss this with the both of you, because I'd love your opinions on it. Uh, I do feel like where the film lost me was the aforementioned scenes that everyone sort of has the problems with. A hundred percent, I understand why the filmmaker, or at least I believe I do, why the filmmaker made this film? They've gone on on record saying it's to to sort of cast a light on this stuff and the harsh way that girls have to deal with uh, the way that the media portrays uh, sexuality far too young and how they sort of uh, take the wrong examples from it, or even just going at it like from a from a place of w- when you're too youthful to fully understand what you are doing. Well, it's um, also
2: autobiographical too. Like this is yes. Her... Hmm. This is her childhood that she's sort of trying to to work through and navigate.
0: A hundred percent. So there's that as well. Um, I think where so so do I do I think this film was designed to entice pedophiles? No. Uh, do I think that the way that these scenes are shot, uh, for me personally, was too much? Yes. And I I kind of want to specifically say not that they shouldn't be there and not that a film shouldn't do this, but that for me, like, I I kind of pictured it like this. I have, let's call it, for lack of a better term, a yikes threshold. Okay? Uh, I I get to a point where, like, especially when a movie is doing something that is very... um, either either dark or serious or disturbing, right? I, I get to a point where I'm like, oh, man, okay, yep, I get it. This is, oh, wow. Like, you know, and I, I sort of like, I, I feel like I understand the point that the movie is trying to make. And I reached that in this film probably about a third of the way through, and then it kept doing it over and over and over again. Now, again, I understand that that might be for the effect of, like, breaking said yikes meter, but for me personally... It kind of made it harder for me to stop and look at all of the things that I like. Actually, thought the film was doing well because it it kept going on those points. Le- Again, and I know mileage may vary, uh, but I do feel like uh, with the way that the dancing was shot and and uh, the the movements and the fact that this is not just uh, you know. Uh, uh, False characters, but actors and actresses had to be in this film, etc. Uh, I felt like it was a bit much for the message, but maybe that is the message. And that's where I get into the snake eating its own tail bit of this. Um, does that make any sense? I-, I feel like I just rambled a bunch.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Uh- uh, I'll jump in very quickly because, yeah, I, uh, Asia, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really interested in hearing your response to that. But um, I think um, you know, actually to to, to refer to Bill and Ted's Face the Music, <laughs> okay. uh, in reference to to uh, cuties, uh, we talked a little bit about films acting in good faith, yes, um, and we we talked about you know the the idea that 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 um, you know, perhaps if we think about uh. Uh, a michael bay film for example we can sometimes determine that that film is some you know a film by michael bay can occasionally act in bad faith towards its audience and i i think the thing that i i found most interesting about watching this is that i think this is a movie that completely works in good faith with its audience for me perhaps the most interesting thing uh, as a filmmaker that i think i noticed while watching this film is is the power of the close-up and the the um, the way in which the close up can be misused or can be can be turned against its audience and uh, I think for me the, it really comes down to the deployment of the close up in those uh, in the dance routines mm-hmm. because um, I, I think uh, you know like I say I I hundred percent believe this movie is acting in good faith uh, I believe Maimuna Dukerere is working through uh, good intentions here and and the film is actually really powerfully um, giving context to the to the scenes that people seem to have most trouble with, and I think that, that's been the most um, frustrating part about the backlash against this film is that is that the the backlash seems to completely ignore the context that those scenes appear in. You know, like we don't hear much about the the fact that um, that uh, uh, her mother is uh, dealing with a, a sort of uh, old culture new culture uh, relationship where. Uh, her husband will be marrying a new bride and bringing them to the family as is tradition in, 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 uh, in singleese culture. Um, and, and this is kind of what spurs, uh, Amy into this world. And I, it's sort of frustrating that, that nobody seems to be mentioning that. And, and Ted Cruz's letter in particular, uh, really annoys me because the thing he's talking about is the thing that he kind of does with this movie, which is, uh, he talks about people, uh, either imitating or taking scenes out of context. And that's exactly what he's doing. um, but the deployment of the close-up in the the particular dance scenes is, you know, for me they are they are you know you sort of sit back and go whoa I'm, I I feel very uncomfortable watching this and I, I'm not certain whether it's a moment of being clumsily handled or purposefully uh, purposefully making me uncomfortable. But I think the those the dance sequences. In a way, and your response to the dance sequences really are telling of the way you feel about these characters, and and for me, they are disturbing. Like in that, in that's not. I don't think if if they were shot entirely in a wide shot and kind of had that more observational tone, I think we the audience would have that ability to kind of. Observe it at a distance and and sort of witness it uh, with a sort of uh, a little bit of separation. But because it jumps into close ups, we we start feeling, we we start wondering about the what what it is the director is trying to focus us towards. And and I think that that aesthetic choice kind of uh, informs ultimately what the audience reaction is. And. And whether that works or not, I'm not entirely sure. Whether the the film goes beyond that kind of um coming of age tale that we've kind of seen and understood before, the sort of rebellion against one's traditions. Um, I'm not I'm, you know, as you say, mileage may vary, but but I but I I, I fundamentally, you know, like beyond all of that, I do feel think that this film is acting in good faith. And and to think otherwise is more reflective of your take on it, you know, like as, right. you know, as opposed to the film itself. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Ajo, Whether that prompts anything?
2: No, I think I agree pretty much with all of that, and I think that the film—it's a two-way street because you have to have a, a film that respects its audience, um, and I think in this case, this film uh, was intended for a relatively sophisticated audience, um, hmm. and you have to have an audience that respects the film and the filmmaker, and in in this case, I think that um the vast majority of the people who are criticizing uh cutie's don't seem to have much respect at all for the filmmaker and her intentions um, as Or what,
1: filmmaking in general or I, filmmaking I feel like there's respect for filmmaking yeah.
2: <laughs> well <laughs> I, and you can argue you know how how much of that is is warranted i mean i think a lot of people have made the the pretty salient point that you could make this these points without using those those close ups and those tight shots of 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 their anatomy and so forth right. um, that you could, you could have a film that explores those scenes without it. But I think the challenge of cuties is that it wants to really, to really make visceral parallels between um, the sexualization that these kids are learning and sort of choosing for themselves out of confusion about gender roles and confusion about their burgeoning sexuality and the sexual confining that adult women are forced to do in order to mm-hmm. navigate In society, you know, and it it makes those it makes those those parallels pretty viscerally a couple of times in ways that I think were impactful. Uh, So you go from, say, the, the tight close ups of. Of uh, the, the girls derriers airs, basically when they're dancing um, to the scene where Amy is looking up. Um, she's become really fascinated by women with big butts and she's mm. looking up all these YouTube videos of women with big butts and like learning how they're twerking and, and admiring that because she's basically saying, Oh, that's how I need to, that's how I'm supposed to look. That's how, that's what mm. men see as attractive and so forth. And so you get this really um, sort of jarring, um, back and forth right it's i it's it's supposed to feel a little whiplashy i think because you're you're supposed to not only see you're supposed to not only be uh, disconcerted and made uncomfortable by the close-ups themselves but then you're also supposed to be further made uncomfortable by the extrapolation of those close-ups onto adult women who you know are still basically still trying to um to assert themselves in a society that wants to to dehumanize them and reduce them to their their anatomical parts if that makes sense yeah 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 um, and so and that's one thing that the close-ups i think are meant to do um another thing i think that is <laughs> that really really i loved it i loved it was the um the exorcism there's a scene where yeah, a- where yeah. amy amy's aunt essentially um attempts to <laughs> to exorcise her <laughs> Um, yeah. and she is pretty, she's, she's pretty, she is, as the kids say, going through it and she, yeah. <laughs> she is having a moment and she just sort of really gets into the, to the performativity of the exorcism and she starts twerking. And, yeah. and I loved that so much because it, it just really brought home the, um, sort of the, the, the theatrics of, of religion and the performative aspects of religion in the ways in which they can feel, um, constraining or insincere you know yeah. um through the through the fact that the way that she decide, that the way that that amy i guess manifests this idea of purging her sins is through is through twerking and dance and through this type of 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 dance that is nor that that she would be in other contexts ostracized for and that would be very very shocking right um, yeah. And and I think that I'm not really sure where the movie, like what point the movie was trying to make there. Yeah. But I, I really felt it. I felt it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that there are a lot of moments like that, that, that are provocative in ways that I'm still thinking about and still trying to process, which is what good art is supposed to do. Um,
1: and I think, and I think, to, to just to your point there, is what what you're sort of describing there is that those scenes that that people seem to be taking umbrage with don't appear in isolation in this film. They're, absolutely, they provided context throughout the entire movie, um, particularly in the in the exorcism scene as you mentioned before, and also in the repression uh, in, in the sort of old uh, Muslim tradition of you know like the hajib and, and and other forms of of uh, conf- concealing one's body. You know, the the the, the twerking scenes ultimately aren't, uh, don't, don't arrive in a vacuum.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that people who aren't watching the film don't know any of that. They don't have any of that context, but also I feel Mm. like they, they, the impression that I'm getting from many of the people who have lined up on Twitter to call me a pedophile in the last five days is that, (laughs) um, is that they don't think that they need to know the context or that the context is important. And that sort of concerns me because I, and not just in like a moralistic way but in a where is the respect for the director way like i think yeah. i keep coming back to um you know if this were you know Lolita like like how often yeah. throughout our throughout the cultural decades have we heard um you know much 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 praise of Vladimir Nabokov's Lolita mm-hmm. and justification for the writing of Lolita and um every every possible uh, excuse that could be given under the sun for uh, this for the idea of an adult man writing about um, a pedophile <laughs> right, right. Yeah. and and how lauded that book is and how much leeway is given to the author the author's right to create that art the author's right to explore that topic without without anyone questioning that right you know yeah, and I'm not saying that Lolita is child porn. <laughs> obviously, yeah, but of course. Not. My point is that there's no such level of respect. Um, there's no such level of of permissibility being given to uh, the director of this film, Maimuna Ducourre. Like she is, this is this is her debut film. She won an award for it. It was basically entirely like lauded before it hit Netflix. But since it hit Netflix, there seems to be – or since the, the the backlash around Netflix's marketing of the film took off and became the conversation, um, there seems to be little respect for her. There seems to be little respect yeah. for her vision and for her autonomy as a filmmaker, which I think is really ironic considering that's kind of the backlash that they're – that's kind of what's fueling the backlash. They're saying that these little girls don't have any autonomy over um, their roles in the film – but they're also not extending any courtesy to the director that she, they're not, there's no assumption that she has autonomy over what she made, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I, uh, Matt, I want to jump back to you in a second, but I, 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 there's one thing I want to really want to stress. And this was actually, I uh, came out of a conversation. Uh, so since uh, we tweeted that we were going to be doing this movie, like you, we've been, I've been getting emails from people who wanted to talk to me about this particular film or what I thought about it. And there was a conversation that we had about the actual, just, the production mechanism that goes into making a film like this and and I think there's a, I think there's a lack of understanding of how a film like this goes into production and how it gets cast and, and there's been much much made of the fact that uh i think 600 young women were uh tested uh were auditioned for this film and and you know like why that was the case and obviously um the, the two things that, one of the things that you mentioned just previously was that this movie exists on, is is available for streaming on netflix which again changes the equation entirely um, and the second is that the cast is made up of girls not much older than the than the characters they're portraying so the provocations of both by which that they are um, being, that they are doing on screen becomes all the more visceral because we know that there is a one-to-one relationship between their age and, and you know um, their understanding of what is happening. But the fact of the matter is, as a filmmaker myself, and 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 having made a couple of films where um, we have had sensitive material on screen with younger actors, um, with uh, teenagers. Um, this you, you cannot make a film like this um, through subterfuge. You cannot make a film like this um, through deception or through manipulation. Like. Uh, in my experience, and again, I believe this film is acting in good faith, and I believe that the, you know, by just by virtue of watching what the film is and the context provided by what is happening. this is a film that is made through the regulatory systems that most films are made under. And to do films to do scenes like this, um there is a real negotiation that has to happen between the production and the families of the of the actors involved. And even once those terms are negotiated, um the film doesn't get made until, the comfort levels between both the filmmaker and the actors are is, is fully uh, is is fully on the table and so you know I think the backlash here is suggesting that the, that the that the film has been made through uh, some form of exploitation and and I, I just, you know, like like when Stanley Kubrick made his adaptation of Lolita, I, I just don't think that that is a has a fundamental understanding of the filmmaking process, which is not just about calling action and setting up a shot. It's also about negotiating the terms with which you go proceed to create a film, and and I think you know you're absolutely right. There there is a um, a a lack of respect for you know the the actual endeavor of making this film, um, and a lack of understanding of how films get made um so i i th- I've, I've found that the a lot of the criticism that has been coming is coming from people who haven't fundamentally ever thought about how that you know like how you negotiate the the making of a film like this
0: there, um there's something yeah, so, interesting there though too on the side and I, yeah. I i i don't disagree with anything either of you have really said i just sort of like uh, there's sort of like I think with the discussion of this film, there's a lot of, like, varying edge cases to discuss based on either salient or completely batshit things. Um, first and foremost, I I think – okay. One reason I think that this thing has gone to the proportions that it has is there is a very clear public message that everyone does at least ascribe to uh, – publicly and most do privately is that exploitating children in a sexual way is bad. I think the filmmaker is actually saying this, even though you could argue certain things about it, do that to make the point of not doing that, whatever. Right. So, but I think, so when you have something as loaded as, as, and, and, and sort of like clearly morally correct as don't sexually exploit children, I think that the majority of the, the, a lot of people that don't sort of want to see something in context or want to do more thoughts than just have that one thought, right? I don't think they give a shit about the filmmaking process. I think they would put the, and I'm not saying this is a correct analogy. I'm sort of like trying to get into sort of people's heads, right? The The protection of children is greater than the filmmaking process for, for, for most people or at least right. publicly. So I can see that sort of being the starting point of, of a lot of vitriol. Now, you add in a lot of, I mean, for lack of a better term, a lot of people don't like doing their homework. So there's there's that sort of aspect of it, too, where it's very easy to say, this movie... It looks like it exploits children the way that Netflix pitched it originally really made it seem like it exploited children. I don't really think about the filmmaking process in general, nor the creators, nor whatever. I just go what's on my streaming box and see what's up. And Oh, there's young kids and really evocative. What the fuck Netflix? Like I can get that sort of mentality. Um, and a lot of people in current day discourse uh, don't dive deeper than initial outrage and something Along the lines of protecting children from from sexual uh, abuse, for lack of a better term, I'm not saying this film does that. I'm saying what the people are perceiving of this is a real clear cut. Like, no, I believe children should be protected. Fuck off. Like that's I I get that sort of ease of mentality. Uh, and right. what But but then on the other side, God damn it, there's so many sides. A hundred percent, Asia. What you sort of hinted at as well. <laughs> Fucking, yeah, maybe, like, a few tiny people gave Lolita shit, but, like, because this is a non-white, non-male uh, director, like, there's nothing, there's no, there's no leeway. It's just, like, the the, the rampant sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, either, it's either sexism and racism or not even giving a shit about how a film is made, or an interesting smattering of both. And again, that's not saying that I don't think this film has flaws, nor do I think things that were, choices were made, uh, I think were, uh, I mean, A, I know they didn't work for me, but then B, I think that there's different things I'll get into sort of at the end of this uh, that I think uh, sort of uh, discolor my opinion of the film. But like, I just, I just, there's so many edge cases to this about like, that's why I was sort of saying this conversation is always a snake eating its own tail. I think I get somewhere where it's like a, a cognitive thought, but then I'm like, oh yeah, but like then
1: A, B, C, D, and E. I don't know. There's there's so much to unpack here. Can uh, I can I ask, can I ask one question then just fundamentally? Yeah. Do you think the children making this film were exploited or abused for the through the through the process of making this film? I don't so on the surface, no. There is
0: something to be said. And again, I, don't, I actually don't know the actual ages of the children that were involved. Does that do either of you know that by chance?
2: I think the main character, um the main actress um was 14 when she was okay. filming.
0: So so could this film have been done with uh with uh people of uh at least in whatever states or countries it was filmed in legal consenting age to various sort of things? Yes, it could have. Would it have been as uh, for I don't want to use the word effective, but it would have it would have been a different film, right? Mm. Um, I can't speak to it's such a. I, I don't, do I think anyone was actively, physically or mentally hurt by making this film? I don't believe so, but I also think that there are various. No, I guess I'll I'll leave it at that. There there's there's some sort of like tertiary side thing that I can't put my finger on. And but, it, but the same thing, I always try to look at difficult subject matter in a uh, gain to loss ratio. Okay, and by that I mean I mean Shaheer knows this in Asia. I'm so sorry that you have to delve into my weird math brain because a I'm bad at math, but b I always try to break things down into percentages. <laughs> Um, the, like how much good versus how much harm will this film do, right? Like across the board. And I can't, I can't begin to, because it's so complex, I can't sort of begin to fathom it, uh, as to where that would land on that percentile.
2: But I think that's also a dangerous, like that's a really slippery slope to go down because like, if you think Mm -hmm. about, like I've had people say to me, um, it's a certainty that actual pedophiles will use this film as, material um like i've had people like i've had numerous people say that and my answer is okay but actual pedophiles will use many many films as material like that's what they do like you shouldn't not make art because of the potential for a criminal to use it to, to fuel their criminality. Like that's an absurd, right. That's an absurd um, plateau to, to, to accept as a, as a norm, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, and let me be clear. I'm, I don't want to interrupt, but let me be clear. I'm not saying that this film should not have been made. I'm just saying that for, for, for my personal mileage of it, uh, choices of this film being made, and it's not my film. Uh, I, I don't think I would have made the same choices. I don't know. Like, Again, I'm not trying to say that, that the art should not exist, uh, but especially because people might misuse it. Fuck. I mean, people misuse a ton of shit that is not this movie. So, like, I, I agree. I don't think that argument uh, holds any water.
2: I mean, I think you can argue, yeah, I, I, the arguments should be had, the discussions should be had, but I think always with respect to the idea that art can be uncomfortable, that art hmm. is allowed to be um, provocative and allowed to to have content that you might find repulsive. Like I think about all of the the films in the film canon that that have on screen animal cruelty, for example. Yeah. Mm. You know, like like if I have to watch uh, Tarkovsky shooting a horse. You know, <laughs> to get to the the beauty and the sort of the mystique of Andrei Rublev, I'm yeah. like, I, that's a conversation to be had. Like, did I want the horse to die? Absolutely not. Do I think that's acceptable? I'm not sure. You know, like yeah. I, I'm and was I profoundly uncomfortable? Absolutely. But you're supposed to be profoundly uncomfortable watching, you know, watching an animal die on screen. And you're supposed to ask yourself, is is art worth it? You know, is is was the cost of making this film? The cost of having that scene, you know, like I think these are discussions to be had, but they're discussions to be had, um, not at the expense of the artist's choices and 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 or the even the people involved in making the film, the entire production, you know. Um, and I think with this film because they're minors, it's tricky. Um, but again, you presumably had parental consent being obtained. You presumably had. Parents who sat down and thought, you know, in 15 years, will this come back to haunt our daughter for the rest of their life? If they make this film now, you know, if they, if they make these choices now, like, like, so, I mean, I'm sure on, to some degree, nobody anticipated this level of backlash, you know, nobody probably anticipated that the film would, would ever be, you know, picked up by Netflix to begin with. Right. So, um, so there are a lot of things that are, that were unforeseen variables here. Um, but I don't think any of that. Um, ultimately, for me anyway, and- like it doesn't change the. I guess the bottom line for me is that the conversation should be allowed to exist without devaluing the art itself.
1: Yeah, and I think and I think one thing here to really be clear about is the condemnation of this film isn't just a condemnation of the art itself. The actual condemnation of this film largely has been that it is in fact child pornography, and 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 that is um, uh, quite a quite a leap to make in terms of what it is here. I I, I agree fully with you, Matt, that the film genuinely makes me uncomfortable it genuinely uh, makes me uneasy with the things i'm seeing but but for me personally it makes me uneasy because i'm watching young girls misinterpret um misinterpret sexuality at this age like you know and but that that in a way is a comment on the way young girls in society are being forced to kind of confront their sexuality at much much younger ages you know it's not it's not the what I'm. What I'm not concerned about. or What I'm. What I. What I'm very. Uh, um, you know, I'll stake my claim here is that this is not child pornography, and I think that claim. Um, the suggestion that this is an act of exploitation and and child pornography, I think, is where the, the the fundamental misunderstanding of what that term actually means and and what, you know, like the the by by conflating the two things, what the suggestion is on this film which is a film uh, again in in my estimation of good faith uh versus what child pornography is i've had
2: people argue to me um without again having seen the film that Mm. it is literally breaking the law that that the film literally is 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 somehow against u.s law and when i've been like it's literally not child porn like 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 i don't think they believe me and i'm just like but they haven't seen the film. so yeah.
0: and, and they probably the film, also haven't done their research on what the law actually is.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. And I think there's a lot of different layers of miscommunication and disinformation here. But, you know, it's, it's really frustrating because it, you want to have a legitimate – you want to have a respectful conversation about the film and the issues surrounding the film. But it's hard to have that conversation when you have to keep stopping and explaining that it's not actually child porn.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so that kind of brings me to a large point that I I, I kind of a question I had around this in general, because you're 100 percent correct, Asia, the the it's incredibly difficult to discuss this film with all of the misinformation, sort of either bad actors or or sort of things sort of surrounding it, et cetera. And it got me to sort of start wondering, like, OK, so what what do we think? Or is it even said? It might be said in an interview somewhere, and maybe one of you can can enlighten me on this. But like the, my understanding is from from what I watched and from what I've read that the point of this film was to start a conversation about the dangers of the over like overtly sexualization of young girls, uh, not only in general but also too early. Right? Mm. Like and, and there's other aspects to it, of course, we've touched on the different things, but that seems to be one of the large tropes, right? Like they want the the, the filmmaker wanted these discussions to happen because the way the world works is a is a damaging place oftentimes. Right? Right. Is, and she yeah.
2: said like there's a an introduction to the film that you can watch on Netflix that she filmed. Um yeah. that's basically her talking about why she made the film. And she says in it that she as a young girl felt pressured into to expressing herself through these sexual outlets before she really understood what that meant and while she was still, you know, a child. And she wanted to explore the reasons behind, like, why she felt pressured into doing that and what that said about her society and what that says about um, society in general and, and the exploitation of, of children at that age.
0: Yeah. So so my, my idea I have, and I, it's not fully formed, so I apologize. I kind of thought about it this morning, was, like, the idea... If if that's one of the goals, and it doesn't seem like it's the main goal of the film, but if that's a large goal of the film, is the film effective? For all of the controversy, for all of the stuff that's going on, for the difficulty of making the film and and, and crafting art with with sort of as deep recesses as this film has, is it is that message getting across effectively? Um and, and how much of, and I, I would argue that no, it is not, uh, based on uh, the majority of people, I would say, especially if you look at, I mean, the it's always hilarious, Rotten Tomatoes, the disparity of like, it's like at 92% for critics uh, fresh, <laughs> but 12% for audiences. Uh, and there's much more audience than there are critics, yada, yada, yada. Um, so like, I kind of got into the 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 thought process of like, and it's 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 everyone's issue here too right like it's it's the way that people are taking it it's people's preconceived notions it's it's moral judgments it's fucking senators writing in it's the way that netflix wrote about it and talked about it it's the way the film is made and shot it's the sort of discussions people have online it's social media culture like all of this stuff that is beyond even the filmmaker but nonetheless does affect how effective its main message is at getting across I um think that this
2: isn't just about this film it's what you're getting at is this idea that the premise of something um can be so heinous that the public once they hear about the premise don't e- they, they don't even allow it to to play out you know they don't even allow the context around the premise to develop because they're so outraged by the the existence of the thing itself right
0: uh you know, kind of yeah so uh i maybe i sort of said it wrong i was sort of speaking uh it's hard because it's both like i'm speaking for myself but i'm also speaking for like me trying to posit what other people are thinking um media or art you know as we all know doesn't exist in a vacuum like and it and and on on sort of your point asia i do believe that like yeah that's that's a that's a that's a bad way of sort of looking at how uh the the general masses interact with the thing because it's very clear lately especially in in social media and internet culture that a lot of people don't look past the headline um that that most people aren't going to do the research most people aren't going to dive into something that is uncomfortable if they think they've got the gist from uh their internet bubble right um and I, I look at all of these things and I just uh and then even so even so there's the that's the macro and then and then the micro for me personally is um for for me, I felt like the way that the and, and again, specifically I'm talking about the scenes of the close-ups and the dancing that kind of Shahir talked about. Some of the other scenes I've seen uh sort of other media outlets using, like the scene at the laser tag place. Or, or something along those lines, those aren't the scenes that I, I find uh, as difficult for me, uh, or, like, that in a way, because the film changes its the way that it shoots and films things for those dance scenes very specifically. Um, so, like, again, it, it muddies the waters because people are using different shots for different things in different contexts that I don't agree with, but, like, I, I just felt like the way that this was done and the amount that it was done actually for me personally, having watched it and thought about it and seeing very many genuinely beautiful moments in the film that I, I sort of listed before, more sort of around the the familial and the religious aspects of it, or just sort of the, the coming of age, sort of growing up, trying to figure out who the fuck you are. Um, but it, it, for me personally, once it sort of like made its point and kept sort of... You know, just making the same point again and again and again. I the uncomfortableness was starting to go from oh man, this this piece of art, this thing is really making me uncomfortable. To yeah, I'm I'm uncomfortable already. I I'd like to get to the I I, I want to get to like sort of more of what's going on and not just keep showing me the uncomfortable thing. Which again is a tactic I'm sure this film meant to do. I'm just saying that for me, the mileage of it started started sort of petering out as for its effectiveness of getting across its message i don't know um it's a complicated movie for me i i i guess i'm sort of getting into a little bit of uh final thoughts because we've been going for
1: a little bit but i i just talked for a bit what do you what do you guys think sorry to to put it in context i think i think the the job of cultural commentators is to discern um not just the effectiveness of art, but the role of art in a culture. Mm. And I think in, in the case of this film, what we have seen is that the culture, uh, you know, the, the sort of ephemera of culture in this, in this context, um, you know, Netflix, the, the internet, social media, what have you, has reacted to this movie more strongly than I think Asia, as you kind of pointed out that it would have been had this film played at a film at a few film festivals and, and kind of not seen the light of day or, you know, not won the award at Sundance or not being picked up by Netflix. Um, and my point earlier about the the sort of outrage theatre that I sort of experienced with um, uh, with other films in New Zealand was that uh, that 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 side of the film is more a reflection of the the status of culture at that particular moment it is a frozen in time i mean if you think about um the way in which and and by the way um not we've mentioned Stanley Kubrick a few times in this i felt like this film had a direct reference to to a clockwork orange uh in the the moment on the waterfront did did anyone else feel that as well when when amy pushes her friend into the water oh man really i felt like that was a moment from a you know that was that moment from a clockwork orange as well maybe it was just me <laughs> <laughs> um, but but least of which I think you know like we think about the the response to a Clockwork Orange the response to Lolita um, those are sort of microcosms in time of of the response to those particular works of art and we I I think what you're getting at Matt is whether the film is successful on its own terms in. Affecting you outside of that context. So if you took if you took out the entire outrage theater of this whole thing, is the film actually effective in making you consider the 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 issue of um, hypersexualization uh, for young girls? Or um you know I think um the book is the the pornification of culture. Mm. Um uh you know like the idea that we have. Uh, uh, that pornography has has sort of um, staked a claim in mainstream culture. Um, and 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 that is the you know the the prism of pornography is is the way we view um, interrelationships now. Uh, I can't recall the author's name, but uh, it's a really it's a really good book. Um, and look, for me personally, I think this is a very strong debut feature. I think this is a very strong this is this is a, a filmmaker who has taken a subject that has that, that is provocative and managed to push the button. And in many ways, films that, that affect the culture in that way are successful, you know, quote-unquote successful right away. Whether the films themselves actually manage to negotiate that success, you know, uh, effectively on their own terms is, is, you know, mileage may vary. For me personally, I think narrative-wise um, and thematically, it's a film that um, works very well... Um, in the sort of realm of coming of age films that deal with sexuality. I, I think it really does play in that world very, very well. And and if if people have problems with this film, where do they get to get a load of Catherine Brier or, or you know, like her film Amasu or something like that? Um the the, the the thing that the reason we're having this discussion um is because of the outrage theater. And and I think what I don't want to see happen is this filmmaker gets stifled by that, you know, like yeah. this idea that of canceling the filmmaker, of canceling Netflix, of of stopping the conversation because of the the deeming of injure, you know, of it being injurious to the public good. That's a phrase from New Zealand that was used when uh, discussing censorship. Is is the the rubric that they used was uh, injurious to the public good. I don't think this film is injurious to the public good. I think the conversation that come that's come out has been evocative of why this film is interesting to many people. Um, for me personally, it, it's, a, it's a it's a very good film. Um, not my favorite of the year or anything like that, but it's a very, very good film. Um, Asia, I, I feel like we should la- hand this to you at this point. Yes. Because you have had to deal with both the actual critical consensus of the film and the outrage uh, surrounding the film and and what that experience has kind of, whether that has influenced whether one thing has informed the other in terms of how you view this film?
2: Well, you know, I I always try to to listen and be open minded to what people are saying to me, even if they're if they're saying it very loudly and obnoxiously. <laughs> um, and and many people have had good points to make, and you know, like as we've discussed throughout this. Uh, This episode, you know, the question of could the could the theme have been explored differently in a way that wasn't so directly that didn't seem so directly exploitative of the the child actors themselves. You know, I think that's a legitimate question. Um, You know, is this film successful? Is it evocative? Is it effective? I think those are all good questions that are supposed to be had about this film. Um, you're supposed to walk away asking these questions. And I think if you walk away asking these questions, then the film has to some extent already done its job. You know? Um, my, you know, I, it's it's frustrating to me because so many of the people who have, who seem to have had issues with the film um, are probably not people who would have issues with, say, eight seasons of Dance Moms, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Like, like the actual, like actual reality TV where actual child, actual children are dancing like this and, and that's being mined purely for entertainment, you know, mm. and nobody has issues with that with nobody has issues with that Ted Cruz is not writing letters to, um, to the government, or excuse me, letters to Netflix mm. about that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and, and to take that analogy even further, like most of these people who are I don't want to say most of but many of the people who have issues with the film seem to be coming from conservative um, communities and are probably not say the people who are concerned about actual children being exploited in detention camps you know like if you want to take it further like if you really are concerned about about child exploitation and this is the first time you've ever thought about child exploitation Um, There are many, many other more productive avenues to direct your worries. You know, there are many, many more productive things to to direct to divert your outrage towards that are actual literal that that involve actual literal child exploitation. You know, like there are actual um, there are activist groups set up to obviously fight child exploitation and. And there are issues being had, you know, around, um, child exploitation involving labor, child exploitation involving the detention camps, you know, immigration and how children, how poor children are being treated, you know, and, and to, to sort of reduce all of that down and dismiss it while, while coming for this director who's this, this woman director who's making her debut, um, because she has a couple of tight close-ups of, of children dancing, um. And I don't want to. I don't want to say that dismissively. That sounds dismissive. I don't mean to be dismissive of the of the criticisms about how the film is shot, but mm-hmm. in the in the larger picture, it it seems as though all of this is um, is outrage that is misplaced. If what you're really concerned about is protecting actual children,
0: yeah, it's the easiest target. Exactly. Exactly. It's the easiest target to be outraged about and do nothing about. Oh, you're gonna cancel your Netflix subscription? Cool. You're gonna not watch movies from a director that you would have never heard of anyway? Fine. Like, and I'm not that's not a that's not a discredit to the director. I'm just saying a lot of the people that are that are having these uh, uh, headline criticisms probably would fall into that camp. Also, side note, uh, I just sort of looked up. Ted Cruz is from Texas, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, Cuba originally, depending on depending on how far okay. you would go. Right, down right, that right, road. Right,
0: right. But he's he's <laughs> representing Texas. I just looked yeah. up the the, the the legal age for marriage in Texas, which might be something Mr. Cruz might want to get involved with if uh, there is uh, a, such a large concern. Uh, if you are uh, – uh, minors who are uh, emancipated can get married at 16. So there's something, Ted. Go fucking <laughs> tweet about that. Um I don't know. That's just something I always, yeah. I always look at these sort of things when I'm like, when I see someone like that, making, you know, any of these people, you you look at what they're doing and they're not looking to fix something. They are looking to be loud and get other people to agree with them. Um, and I think there's a lot of this going on in
1: this. Asia, would you recommend the film to people?
2: Yes, I have been, I've been saying, you know, you should watch the film. It's, it's a nice film. It's a good film. And yeah. I do think it's a good film despite, um, the issues with it, I think, um, you know, again, it's hard to know what kind of reaction the specific outrage that the people who are outraged about it would have if they sat down to watch this film, possibly without ever having seen another art film, you know,
1: yeah,
2: no. um, which again sounds dismissive. I don't, I don't want to be dismissive, but there, there, are many, many people from many different walks of life have had objections to this film. I would argue that most of them have done so without really understanding almost how commonplace this type of film is in the, in the Mm. world of art house and independent filmmaking, you know, um, this just single out this one film for this is for this conversation. um, It's understandable that it happened around cuties, but it's also a little mystifying when you place it in the pantheon of other films that have had similar things to say and have done so in similarly provocative ways, you know, Um, and, but despite that, despite all of that, the conversation around it, I think if you just take the film itself, it's a good film, it's entertaining. Um, it's interesting. It's really, um, when I say it's entertaining, I mean that it, it makes you care about the characters. It makes you wonder about their lives and want to wanting, it makes you want to spend a little more time with them. It makes you want to, um, invest in that story and it leaves you feeling, pretty satisfied with the outcome um, which I think is all you can ask for in a film (laughs) at baseline. So, so yeah. I, yeah,
1: I, I, I think I'm, I'm right there with you in terms of, I I think the, the final moment of this film uh, despite, you know, like ultimately the, the sort of the narrative turns around the interdynamics between the cuties and how that, and how that uh, dynamic is reflective of Amy's inner life uh, with her mother and and everything that she's sort of witnessing there. I, I you know again mileage may vary in terms of how successful that is. Um, we we did uh, Channing Godfrey People's film Miss Juneteenth for example mm. uh, recently on this podcast and I I I found that film deeply affecting in in the interrelationship between mother and daughter in that in that movie. Yeah. Um, and you know mileage may vary but I, but i do think that that there's a lot there's there's a lot that's really admirable in this film and i think the cha, you know the, as you say the the sort of evocative images in a way are um are reflective of of the willingness of the filmmaker to uh, well, the ability of the filmmaker to understand how to provoke an audience, and that's an important skill, and it's an important voice, and it and it actually matters. Um, and you know, regardless of how um, how far the pendulum is swung into the into into being a cancellation of this filmmaker, th- that ability to provoke is is something that we actually um, celebrate in a number of filmmakers. You know, Stanley Kubrick, uh, f- uh, for one um, uh, person as well. Um, so I. I think it's really fascinating that we are having the conversation around this film because I think the film would have slipped under the radar had it not been for the outrage. Um, but I think the fact that the film, in a way, is the prompt to have this conversation. You know, one of the things we haven't, we've all agreed upon here, uh, but not really uh, delved much into, is the over uh, The overt sexualization of young girls at a young age. You know, like it's, I I think that is deeply problematic. And and I think this film kind of illustrates that point very, very well. Um, So oddly, yes, I I recommend this film. I do think people are going to take it the wrong way, but I think that's more of a reflection of who they may be or who you might be, again, without trying to be dismissive about it. But I think there is value to watching this film. Um, And I think its provocations are valuable. I agree with that all the only caveat I would say is I would I don't want
0: to dismiss just like just like I do not want to dismiss this filmmaker this film etc I also do not want to dismiss people who again not people attacking people or doing any of this bullshit that people are online but people that uh, are not comfortable enough to have this conversation or or something along those No, no, that's not right that's not the right word. Again, no one should be, depending on whatever um, is is triggering for a person or anything along those lines, should never be sort of like, and no one's saying to do this, like forced to watch a film or be part of a discourse. But also no one should try to, uh, you know, attack people for making something like this, but you can not like the thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, or or, or better yet, because it's a complicated piece of art, you can like parts of it and not like other parts of it uh, for a myriad of different reasons. So, um, I don't know. I just don't want to, I don't want to... We've all sort of danced around that side of it, too. Like, we're, we're trying not to be dismissive of other people, but it's. I think it's hard specifically when, uh, no matter what side, both sides are just so fucking loud actually no i take that back there's one side here specifically that's so fucking loud i take that back uh that it's hard to it's hard to not want to be dismissive about that but i don't my I, I, people's people's mileage as we've said may vary um yeah well, i
2: just want to say too like i like now probably when you google me the first result that you're gonna get <laughs> is like child porn so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, And I think, you know, there have been critics who have gotten the director received death threats and there have been Mm. critics who have been harassed um, extensively over this, Um, you know, and I think that that's a shame because obviously if you're trying to make your point um, and if you, again, really care about children, um, if you really um, want to have this discussion, trying to have it in a way that is um driven driven by empathy rather than rage is probably better. Yep. Um I try to have empathy for the people who are telling me to die in a fire and calling me a pedophile. Um which isn't always easy, but yeah. also I think that that's that you know we this is going to keep happening. This is not yeah. the only film that we're going to have this conversation around. This is not the only film that is going to um unexpectedly start a conservative brush fire. Um and probably not, probably maybe the next time it'll be a, a leftist brush fire. You know, like these yeah. these things are mm-hmm. happening in the era that we're in because of social media driven outrage culture. Um, and I don't think that there's an easy way to respond to these types of things because they're so often driven by the righteous contempt of the people who are, who are mad. Um, and until we find ways to to change that then we're probably not going to find ways to change the conversation around these types of 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 issues and incidents
1: yeah yeah and i was going to say i i this conversation i think is the types of conversation that we would hope uh circulate this film as opposed to uh the the sort of obnoxious uh name calling or death threats in in the worst case scenarios um actually sitting down to to discuss what we saw and how we responded to it and how it made us feel, I think, is is um, is the kind of, you know, we always say on this podcast, um, what we want to do is continue the conversation that the movie begins. And I think there has been this year uh, no movie that has prompted such a conversation like this one at this point. Um, so for that, you know, I, am I'm, I'm sort of grateful that Asia, that you were able to join us for this. And I, and I really, um, I'm, I, I feel terrible that, that you are having to experience the worst of humanity on the internet. Um, but that it was able to, uh, <laughs> like allow you said, you come I'm just on this completely
2: podcast. used to it. I'm just completely used to it at this point. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah, but that's it's horrible.
1: Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> I fucking hate people. Well, one thing I will say, <laughs> I, I, we our, our listen, I will say this about our listenership and the people that do engage with us. What one thing I'm very very um, proud of is that the people that do listen to us. Um, we don't tend to have the wide echo chamber. Uh, it, it, in our, in our community, it seems to be people who are actually w- wanting to engage with cinema, and in many cases, some of them haven't watched a lot of movies and are kind of coming to us to, to sort of start that process yeah. or start thinking about movies. And so I so I hope that that in a way uh, they can count ca- if they haven't watched a lot of movies and are just seeing the way this movie is being responded to, that this conversation is kind of helping. Um, you know, give some additional context to yeah. the movie in any way. Yeah, we got good eggs. Of course, we got good eggs here.
2: Excellent.
1: Well, uh, this has been the
0: only podcast <laughs> about the film cuties. Uh, that's probably a bunch of asterisks in that statement. Asia, thank you so much for coming on and and talking with us about not only the film but your experiences uh, in your professional life, sort of around it. My pleasure. Um, where can folks find you to be nice to you?
2: Come be nice to me on Twitter at Asia Romano um, and you can read my byline at Vox, uh, Vox.com slash author slash Asia dash Romano. Um, and you can probably, if you Google me and you manage not to find results that are all about child porn, you can probably find a list of my, uh, all the other podcast episodes and so forth that I've done out there, or you can just come talk to me and ask me. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Awesome asia one one question i gotta ask is is what have you been watching right now outside of this film or discussing this film that you've been really enjoying right now that that you you know uh would very re- highly recommend
2: um um as i said earlier i've gotten into chinese drama this year mm-hmm. um i wrote about the untamed for vox i've just been re- re-watching the untamed over and over um, I've also been watching, um, street dance of China, which is this amazing reality show, uh, where they, where basically it's like a reality competition show built around street dance and urban dance and, and hip hop culture, um, which is cool. Um, and, uh, this really, really cool period series called winter begonia that I recommend,
0: um, and also Lovecraft Country on HBO. I wanted to bring that up. I, I haven't read your articles yet because I'm waiting to get through the episodes, but I'm definitely going to uh, give those a read because I'm fascinated by that show and I like your takes.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, Lovecraft Country has been a fun one. Um, I'm also – I have started screening The the Haunting of Lye House, which is the sequel oh, is to yeah. Haunting of Hill House. So I'm enjoying that so far.
1: Nice. Uh, I was I was very uh, pleased with the haunting of Hill House in, t- uh, in terms of how that turned out. Did, does the Bly House kind of continue the tradition, or is there a, a dip in quality?
2: Right. No. So far, it's it seems uh, really solid. I'm a. It's it's based on the stories of Henry James, like *Turner the Screw*, which I'm a huge fan of. So so it's sort of me bait, but I love it.
0: So. <laughs> nice. Uh, Shahir, when you are not
1: uh, exercising your own personal demons through through forms of dance where can folks find you <laughs> Uh, you can find all episodes of my Jazzercise class on my website at <laughs> www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, Master Krull, uh, when you are fighting off uh, the extreme voices of the internet, where can people find you? Oh boy, you can find me uh, just uh,
0: using the Ben Hammer liberally uh, over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L for My Life and Works. Also Skeletor, the number 4, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN. And of course... Emperor MSK on Twitter. Shahir, what do we have
1: next week? Do we know? We never know. We never know right now. Um, there was something. There was that, something. There was something that I wanted to talk. Well, actually, I have a, a, a guest from another podcast that uh, may come on to do a classic Burt Reynolds movie, um, wow. <laughs> which uh, uh, which I'm currently working on. But uh, other than that, we've been talking for a while of revisiting the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I have not done any work for, but I've interviewed a number of people who worked on the film. That's work. Uh, on the films for. Um, I don't know. Let's we'll let's find something. Yeah, well, let's find something nice and pleasant, and fun right. to to yell at each other about next week. Great. Well, until then, <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next time. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Asia.
2: Thanks. Bye.